I asked, you know, if he was going to put them on Sermon Audio, and he said he was, and he let me know when they were up. So all of the messages now from the camp are on Sermon Audio on Bethany's uh, Sermon Audio site. I have the link if you guys don't know it or can't find it, look it up, whatever. I do have that. So uh, share that. Uh, some of the messages spoke to you. You can go back and listen to them again <laughs> and or, um, you know, share them with others uh, that you might know that uh, would find help from those messages. All right. And that would include Brother Kirkman's messages for those that were not in there during the morning sessions. Uh, so I think you'll find help by re-listening to those. I appreciate Brother Kirkman. He's a wise man. And one of the things, you know, that I guess we talk, much has been said about the flesh, and I'm going to talk about a little fear tonight too. And um, one of the things that... Um, We have to deal with, that's a good way of putting it, one of the things we have to deal with, with the flesh, is fear and faith. I mean, it's, it's a balancing act, and if you want to put it that way, and, and our faith should overcome fears, but then taking that stand, which we're going to talk about in this series, you know, I'm faced with... If I stand as the pastor of the Sooner Rose Baptist Church in the community, if I took an American flag and say I went up here, I don't know, just pick a place. So I took this flag and I took my Bible and I let Brother Chris do some preaching. But I just stood there on the street corner like this, maybe with a little one of our signs that says Center Rose Baptist Church. And just stood on the street corner like this. I wouldn't have to say a word, just stand like this. Christian nationalist. I'm tagged. And legally, there'd be nothing wrong with what to do with doing this as a citizen of the United States of America or as the pastor of the Sooner Rose Baptist Church and, and that outreach that we talk about. But there's but then if the media got a hold of that, they just sent out a reporter. And ask what we was doing. We get to share the gospel with the news, like I did about uh, about uh, capital punishment. Get to share the news, share our thoughts of the word of God and the nation that we live in with the media. Then nothing wrong with that either. In fact, it would give us uh, give us a voice in the community, much like that interview that I that I did. When they put my name up on there, on the you know bottom of the screen, and who I was associated with, <clears throat> but here's where the here's where the plot thickens. So there's the media. So they put it on pick a channel, 
and put it on the and say we we as a church say go out and we do something in the community and it goes out then they find that my secular job <laughs> they somehow tie me in with Tinker Air Force Base and Tinker Air Force Base and I've already addressed it to my commander back when they were doing that extremism training. But Tinker Air Force Base Office of Inclu uh, Inclusion gets a hold of it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and then they, I mean, it could just really blow up to what extent. There's the thing. Now, all the laws are on my side. But you know how, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight, the wiles of the devil. The laws are on my side to be able to have the liberty, there's that word again, to do that. But the way that the devil works, twisting things all up, then it could be, you know, bring, I won't say it won't bring reproach, but it would bring an attack of the devil, which we're talking about, not only to me and the the persecution and repercussions that that might bring me on my job at Tinker Air Force Base, but then how else it might you know expand to that. Now here's here's where the flesh pops in and says, "All right, big boy, how much? If God told you to take that flag in that Bible and go stand up here on the corner where all that traffic comes in at six o'clock in the morning, yeah. or even just to stand there with a sign that says." Free prayer from the Sooner Rose Baptist Church. And as people are going by and they roll down their window and you pray. And then maybe hand out. But then again, me being the pastor or me being emergency manager. <laughs> and then it's some, somewhere, somewhere everybody takes offense. You know, and so God says, and then the flesh goes through all those gamuts. The mind says, well... If this happens and this happens and this happens, what will it do to, see I'm saying that's where the imagination works. And that's, that's the, one of the wiles of the devil. We're going to get to that tonight. And that's just a little example. You know, are we going to stand as that extremist? Are we going to stand as a Christian? Are we going to stand as a nationalist? And I still think, you know, God bless the USA. <laughs> You know, we have, should have borders. Used to, if you were an Italian, you were proud to be an Italian. I knew some of them. And I, proud is a bad word. Anyway, I, I don't like to use the word proud. Not even with my children. And when I, <laughs> I told my son, and my, my son Andrew knows that. When he graduated from college, I used the word God, everything about pride in the word of God is negative, And I, I, I told my children, I said, I don't like the word pride. I said, I'm pleased because it pleased God when his children, when his son was obedient even unto the cross. It, he used the word please, and I used the word please with my children. I tried to use the word please, and you know, it pleases me that you have accomplished this. And that's the right word to use, and that's the right feeling to have in our bosom I used the word proud, but my son all, all knew that it meant please. Because I'm not going to say, well, you know, here's my son. He's better than your son. That's pride. My son accomplished this and yours didn't. That's pride. But I am pleased that my son accomplished this and I will help your son accomplish this too. That's 
that's the right aspect of things. Anyway, but let's look at our text again, Ephesians chapter 6. Today, we dealt with being strong we, in the Word, in the will of God, the work of God, the war of God, and in our communication with God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Somebody didn't know how to pronounce wiles in the past. He said willies, that you may understand how to stand against the willies of the devil. But the wiles of the devil. We understand, and a lot of you don't know this. People said, you can't understand. A six-year-old can't understand the King James Bible. But that same six-year-old used to watch Bugs Bunny, used to watch Roadrunner and Coyote. And what was Coyote's name? Wild E. Coyote. So we knew that Wild E. Coyote, and so we even had a sense based on watching cartoons, the Wild E. Coyote and Roadrunner, what Wild E. meant. Wiles of the devil. <clears throat> it's a trick. A stratagem, which means strategy. What the, the devil can come up with to go against us. His, his, the tools that he uses. A trick or stratagem practiced for ensnaring or deception. A sly, insidious artifice. That wily fox. We've used that word against, with foxes. The sly. The sly fox the little tricks that he might pull to get his prey. Put on the whole armor of God that you may stand, or that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And again, like I said this morning in verse number 12, When it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, it's talking about <clears throat> actually coming up against a human foe in combat, in, in contest, because it says wrestle there versus war. But that does not mean that we don't war against our flesh. Our flesh is an adversary, and, the, and one of the devil's tools is using our flesh against us. And in my in my little bit of study this afternoon being what it is, I was able to kind of get stuck on a, a, a one particular subject. But um, and if you'll Bear with me, I just took a picture of my screen because my computer's still, my printer's still acting up. But I, I got to looking at this. Against the principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. But one, I mean, there's many wiles of the devil. The, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians, uh, nope, not there. <clears throat> Where was it? I did have it. Uh, well, there is that. 
But over oh, there, First Peter. There we go. I knew I had it marked. First Peter one. We've already dealt with this in First Peter. First Peter one thirteen. Wherefore gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. And hope in and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fasting yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. But as he that which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And we dealt with that when we looked in First Peter about our mind and about bringing that into control, girding it up, and our mind <clears throat> taking us from that holiness that God desires for us in our lives. But our mind, if you'll turn to First, Second Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians 10, verse number 1. Now I, Paul, beseech, or myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent and bold toward you, but I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if, if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So let's back up to verse 3. going to read 3 and then go straight to 5, excluding the parentheses. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself, itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We do not war after the flesh. We walk in the flesh, do not war after the flesh. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. That goes back to our walk this morning. That goes back to our will that we talked about this morning. That goes back to the work. <laughs> A lot of things, but we're talking tonight, the next verse, about the wiles of the devil, his, his strategy that he uses against the children of God. Again, he's talking to the, uh, the church in Ephesus, the Ephesian church. He's talking to the church when he writes that. And he says, you know, um, where were we at? Wrong one, there we go. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, the whole armor, the armor is defensive. The armor protects you. And as we get into each piece of the armor, the, there is nothing that protects the back of you. <laughs> we don't turn and run away from the enemy. We expose our backside, which is unprotected. We have to go toward the enemy. And the Bible tells us in another, 
another section of, of Scripture there, to resist the devil. He's telling us to stand here, and this stand is kind of stand in resistance, which again comes back to my mind, how much am I going to take a stand to the point of, yes, I'm a local pastor, and yes, this is what I believe, and yes, this is what I preach in my place, and according to all the laws in the country, I should have the liberty to preach that. The whole counsel of God, which includes what it says about sodomites, which includes what it says about a whole host of other things, capital punishment, abortion, and all that other stuff. Amen. But obviously that goes against the narrative that's trying to be, and that's one of the tools, that's one of the wiles of the devil. In fact, I looked, seen a, it's a, it's a spoof type video, but it, it you know, one of them, them make fun of, but it brings out a lot of truth, but it's, it's make fun of the, uh, the other side of things. But it brings out a lot of truth on how they operate. But like I said, I got here and I, and I was looking at the word wiles there. And that, or I was about to say, it's a stand. That, that stand is not just, mm-hmm, that's, it's, it's a stance of resistance. It's put one foot behind you. You know, we all played Red Rover, right? One of, you know, once upon a time. Red Rover, Red Rover, send little Johnny right over. <laughs> and you knew that you could handle little Johnny. You know, you didn't have to hold your, hold your hands too tight. You, he wasn't going to break through. <laughs> Red Rover, Red Rover, you're running out of people. Send Big John right over. Whoa. <laughs> you, you, you anchored in a little bit. You held on just a little bit tighter because you didn't want Big Johnny to run through your arms because he's going to take somebody back with him. When you're in that tug-of-war contest... You put the big guy on the end of the rope, and he's called the anchor. <laughs> and instead of standing, standing this way, or I'm sorry, instead of standing this way, he stands this way. He anchors in this way to keep from being pulled forward. He puts his weight in it. He takes a stand. He resists. And he, and he says to take a stand, but then resist the devil, and he'll free from, flee from you. But the problem is, as a whole, Christians aren't standing anymore. As a whole, Christians aren't resisting anymore. But I'm not preaching to everybody. Guess where I get to preach to? Right here. And coming out of camp, I'm going, Lord... All that you, you know, told us through Brother Kirkman and his preaching and all that you told us in our church through the other preaching that was, that was brought forth and, and the changes that you've put in our, our people's hearts to, to do some things, what am I going to preach? And he said, Ephesians chapter 6. Sooner rose. I'm not preaching out on the street. I'm not preaching on television. I'm not preaching on the internet. Even though this sermon probably will go out. I'm preaching to Sooner Rose. This local assembly, these families, these individuals, this man, 
this man and his wife. And I'm saying we need to stand. We need to resist. We need to understand the wiles of the devil. And we may be stuck on the wiles a while. I don't know. But I'm just going to deal with the one tonight, and that's that mind. Because just like my example was, as I'm rolling things through my mind, and God's saying, outreach. God's saying, hey, go out and do something. The devil's saying, they'll find out that you work at Tinker. <laughs> the flesh goes, oh, yeah. What repercussions did I have? I could be without a job. I'd have to go work at McDonald's during the daytime, in the morning time, and Burger King at night. <laughs> So that's the flesh. That's where the mind works. And then that brought me to this thought. And one thing about being who I am and what I do, <laughs> I understand. I was in the Air Force, active duty Air Force, for a while. And I was taught warfare. I teach in my job chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear warfare defense. I teach our airmen how to defend themselves against chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear weapons. In the study of war, you learn a few things. The one thing about the Air Force primarily except for the airplanes dropping bombs or firing missiles. The thing about the Air Force, unlike the Army, which Brother Glenn was a part of, or the Marines, we primarily are defensive. Again, except for our offensive weapons, which are on planes. But the ground troops are defensive. When I was in security police in the Air Force, I was defense. We had, I, I was sent to Air Base Ground Defense School, which basically was putting, you know, a perimeter around the base and keeping the enemy at bay, keeping them from our assets, the airplanes. So I was trained in defensive tactics versus offensive tactics. But one of the things is when we were trained in defensive, we had to understand their offense. We had to understand their tools against us. And one of the things, actually, now that I think back on it, that was exercised early in my training was psychological warfare. Back in World War II, one of the things that they would do is they would fly over cities, the cities of our enemy, and they would drop leaflets with information on there <clears throat> speaking against their leaders. Hey, your leaders are lying to you. <laughs> so these would just float down and the citizenry will pick it up and they say, what? You mean, uh, you mean Adolf Hitler's lying to us? Adolf Hitler's that bad? But that was disinformation or maybe proper information if they were really lying to them, we were giving them the truth. But the stuff, information that they hadn't ever read before against their leaders. So that causes doubt. 
that puts a, something in their mind that says, wait a minute, if I can reach the citizenry, then that might help them turn against their own leaders. Psychological warfare. It's a, it's a tool of the devil. It's a wiles of the devil. And it's a real thing in, in carnal, natural warfare. It's also a real thing in spiritual warfare. Psychological, I'm going to read this. I've seen several definitions. Psychological warfare is a broad term, but in all documented cases, the concept uses intended uh, uses actions intended to reduce an opponent's moral, I'm sorry, morale or mental well-being. If that same leaflet had fallen into the, you know, the the soldier's foxhole, come over to our side and you get three meals a day. If they're not getting three meals a day, that looks pretty good. You know, a picture of America and the prosperity of America versus a picture of war-torn Germany. You think that that would make a difference? Sure it would. Oh, those American soldiers, they got it good at home. Look at that. It would, dis- it would destroy the morale. It would destroy the mental well-being of the soldier. The aim is to use manipulative tactics to intimidate or persuade a person or people. This process is usually employed through propaganda. Propaganda, which we hear on ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN. <laughs> propaganda is the idea, ideas or statements that are false or exaggerated. And speaking of exaggerated, I'm glad to use that word. This is a kind of a running joke with me and a, a fella at work. And I... I the local news, the local weather, I know everybody's got their local weather person. Some people like four. Some people like nine. And we, we watch five. In fact, I was at a, my physical therapist, and that was the conversation in the physical therapy because it's kind of an open room. They, they didn't say, what news channel do you watch? They said, who's your weather person? David Payne. Damien, what's his last name? Damon Lane. Damon Lane and... Yeah, right. So you guys understand that. But one of the things on Channel 5, one of, and especially when they send out the roving reporters, I mean the, the storm chasers, words mean... Brother, Brother Kurtman brought this out. Words mean things. And, you know, here's, I can't remember, Mike, somebody. He'll say, now, he's in the background is this, destruction. And he's standing there. It's unbelievable. Well, I'm sitting there looking at it. I believe that. But he uses the word unbelievable. Well, what is there not to believe? You're showing us the picture of it. But the... And it's the way that they say things, too, you know. And the, the adjectives that they use, it really adds to the drama of it. And they'll use it at night after night and just pound you with it. And it's really not just one of the things that Brother, Brother Tim points out. All the channels, regardless of who you watch and listen to, when you're watching the weather, they really... If you re- you're looking at the radar, okay, and it's green, okay, you're green and yellow and then the red and then the purple. 
But there's no purple. There's no red. It might, but they're still pumping up. Well, now, you know, there could be some hail. There could be some lightning with this storm. And if there is, it's going to be up to, potentially, they'll use those words and, and they'll, they'll turn into, they'll just turn on the exaggeration. But we don't hear potentially, which means it might not happen. Probably won't. But if it does, <laughs> and just, just that time of the day, exaggerate things. That's where our minds work, and that's where the devil wants to put it in our minds. So they're listening and whispering in their ear. That exaggeration, and we make things, and it gets in our mind, and it's just like I've had whale meat before. My sister in Alaska brought some whale meat. And you can go down and eat some squid. It's about the same way, or it's octopus. If you, if you get a big enough piece in your mouth... <laughs> You can chew on it and chew on it, and it seems to get bigger while you're chewing on it. That rubbery effect. And that's the way that our minds do. The devil will sow a little seed. We're all guilty. The devil will sow that little seed, and we'll say, Well, what if? What if? And if that happens, then this will happen. And if this happens, then this will happen. And, and you know what? It might not ever happen, just like the weather. <laughs> but the devil will put it in there. So the goal of psychological warfare is to in, uh, intentionally use propaganda to manipulate. Or wait, 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 I got it. Propaganda is the ideas or statements that are false or exaggerated and is deliberately spread to influence the masses. Not what all those late night news are trying to do. The goal of psychological warfare is to intentionally use propaganda to manipulate another and break down their will. Didn't we hear will this morning? To break down their will without using physical force. See, if I let the devil already talk me into or out of what God might be trying to do with me, then he's won. If God says, go up here, leave early, stand on the other side, make sure that you're in the right of way, which I should be able to, I could go right up here to this light, stand across the road. They don't open that gate on just occasionally. And I could look at and I could park. I've done, done spied it out because the Lord's been kind of maybe nudging me. I could drive and park facing, because I go in that southern gate. And I could, for, I could hold up a sign, scripture sign. I could preach to people at the stoplight. I could do that for 30 minutes, an hour, before it's time for me to get in my car and go and still be on time. Especially early in the morning, the sun's coming up. I'm already standing in the daylight. I could take my little Sooner Rose Baptist Church sign sitting next to me so they know where this scripture sign's coming from, and I could preach. I could wave, I could do whatever at people at the stoplight just to get the word out. Hey, right down the road where you just passed, come and see us. But then the devil puts that little seed, says, 
if they find out who you are. If they, if they see, if they see your, your identifier, you know, hanging around your neck, which I would leave in the car, then they would find out who you are and where you work, and they'd associate you, and they'd come in, and they'd come down here, and they'd listen to you preach one time. And then they'd take back to the office of inclusion. Say, that fella on base, that lives on base, works on base, preaches against inclusion. (laughs) Preaches against the illegal aliens coming across the border. Not against them as people, but against the process that they're coming across. I know historically that this nation is a nation of immigrants. But look, you talk about every one of those missionaries out there that's in a foreign nation. I I read of one that just got his uh, resident visa. He's had to prove to the United Kingdom that he's willing (laughs) to stay there and to work and live among the people to get this resident visa. And he's had to be there for several years to prove that he's willing to stick. And then finally, he and his family's got the resident visa granted to him. But it didn't come, it didn't come without financial expense, thousands and thousands of dollars. It didn't come without the, the sacrifice of his time living there. And he has to stay in country so many days out of a year to show that he is willing to be a resident there if he should come home over the, oh, just one day over. Then they'll say, oh, sorry, you're proving to me that your, your heart is still in another country. Your heart is still in America. So we're not going to give you your visa. And there's a big, long process for visas, for uh, so, so, yeah, visas, I guess, and there's different kinds of visas and so forth. But just for a missionary to go and to live, to get even into the country, is a big, long process. And you ask them about just walking across the border and setting up shop. They can't do it. But everybody in the world coming to America seems to be able to. Something was said about, oh, uh, somebody uh, down at the camp has some relatives over in, in Canada. And they're, some of them's in a the process, I think it was Brother Kirkman, in the process of moving back. And he said, I hope they get back pretty quick and don't have any problems at the border. I said, if they'd have problems at the gate at the border, just go down and find some woods and walk across. It works on the southern border. (laughs) Sad. Because they're talking about all the COVID stuff and things like that. To get a clearer picture, let's some of the techniques used throughout history. Psychological warfare uses fear to break down the psychological well-being of an opponent. Here are several techniques that can be used. News outlets. Several techniques use, uh, several techniques that can be used to spread psychological uncertainty, fear, and terror. The news is a large information source that, can, that, that all can tap into, whether it's government-run or independently-owned. The news has the ability to spread whichever information it chooses. By infiltrating a news source, the population can be tainted 
by volatile information. Threats, threats of violence. For example, this is psychological warfare. This is how the mob worked. This is how the gangs work in the cities. You're a shop owner, and they come, <laughs> and they come in, and they look at your, you know, and, and you know, and you say, you know, may I help you? And they say, that's an awful pretty nice picture window you've got there. It'd be really ashamed if somebody come by and broke that, wouldn't it? And I can, I'll tell you what, for so much money a week, we will guarantee that that, that glass won't be broken. Because they'll be doing the breaking of it. And, it's, and that's why they force you into giving them some money to keep your shop from getting terrorized. They instill that fear in you. Right. Or bodily harm or things like that. Threats of violence, restrictions of freedom and control can be made to instill fear in the people. These could be empty threats or threats with true intention. Whatever the case, threatening a group or groups of people can psychologically damage the recipients over time, putting them in a state of constant fear, anxiety, and terror. Leaflets, I don't mention leaflets, are pieces of paper with manipulative messages and pictures that are dropped from the air over areas of war or political unrest. The goal is to persuade the recipients to either support or oppose a political event taking place. Objects, using objects such as T-shirts, posters, hats, pins, and more are an effective way to get the message across. Bumper stickers. You know, it's interesting. In fact, somebody done... T- I forget who it was, but somebody had already marked my vehicle. They said, I've seen you around Midwest City because my little American flag that's got the oath of office for military oath that's on my Suburban, <laughs> they have already seen me several times around Midwest City. There's that, there's that Yukon again. I thought about, and still may, take, taking it off on both sides because, see, that marks me. That marks me as a nationalist, by the way. That marks me as an American. In fact, the first time we ever went to the Fish restaurant up on Air Depot. Where? Pelican? Yeah, first time we ever went to the Pelican. We pulled in. And next to us was a convertible. This is before Trump, uh, the, national, the last presidential election. And a convertible, the couple pulls in. And we, we pull in at the same time. And as we're getting out to get, you know, kind of at the same time, we started through the door at the same time. And then... You know, as we're kind of, I'm waiting on her to get back to the back of the, my vehicle. They're kind of a little ahead of us a little bit. And, and uh, he says, he says to me that he, and he points to his wife. He said, he go, and he said, and he points to my truck. He says, I know who they're voting for. <laughs> Just seeing my flag on my truck. Amen. Says a lot. But I thought about taking that off, not for fear, but, and, and actually putting, Sooner rose down each side on the back. Then priced it with the people that done our sign. Because I got that nice tinted window, put a picture of the church, you're invited to, sooner rose. But but you go to you see these cars that's got coexist and all the different symbols. <laughs> and it, and it's got a lot of other flags and 
all across the back. And if anybody said anything about them and what, what they were promoting, yeah, we would be just uh, persecuted. But then the same thing I could put, I've got a, well, I'm, I'll tell you about it later. I don't mind. I'll, I'll bring it in and show you. I got a bumper sticker that would just, I mean. But, you know, I could put a lot of different things. Jesus saves bumper sticker. I used to have scripture plaques on my, on my vehicle. Scripture references, just magnetic all over my vehicle, all over my van. Now that would be, because it would be, again, I had one that said, be sure your sin will find you out. <laughs> and I was sitting in, I was sitting in the, the, the Dairy Queen drive-thru in Dawson Springs, Kentucky. Windows rolled down because you're ready to pay. And I, I heard, hey! And I look in my side view mirror and there's a guy leaning out. Hey! What? What does that mean? Be sure your sin will find you out. I said, it's kind of like sowing and reaping. It's going to come back and get you. Your sin will find you out. God's going to, God knows what you're doing. Oh. <laughs> but that, those, uh, I said it was down to, I'm on now. There we go. Leaflets, objects, posters, hats, pens are more an effective way to get our message across. The objects can become symbols for a large... I know a fella that when the threat of, of people harming people because of their ties to the Air Force Base or the military come up, he purposely took everything off his vehicle because he didn't want to be down at the gas station and be attacked because of military or national symbols on his vehicle. So in his eyes, I'm a target, and I guess I am. You know, NRA, you'll be a target. It's just simply who you're associated with, and people put the bumper stickers on there. The other side can get by with it, but we're the target. That says a whole lot. It's in your face from their side, and we can't display from our side. It's um, uh, an effective way to get the message across. The objects have become symbols for larger messages regarding politics, radical beliefs, religious philosophies, etc. These objects can become tools for promotion and even worship. Then there's a false flag. Is when a group releases false information or carries out fake terror attack to instill fear in the people. However, the blame is put on another group or organization. And this is happening all the time. And then it says the media. It happens all the time. So, for example, I'll just throw this one out there. A cross gets burnt in somebody's yard. And then they leave something that would point the direction to Sooner Rose Baptist Church. See what I'm saying? That would be that false flag. So when the investigators get there and they're picking up all the pieces, they pick this up and go, oh, 
let's go down there and talk to them people. Even though these people didn't do that. But that's how, that's how this works. Psychological warfare. The psyche. Gird up the loins of our mind. We read there in, in Corinthians. What was it? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The wiles of the devil. This is, and this is all we're going to get tonight. I've already been attacked in my mind since I left camp. I left camp with a purpose in my heart to do something more. And the devil's done jumped up on my shoulder and whispered in my ear. And it, it, it just, just one little seed casts that fear. The fear we listen to, we examine, depending on your personality. Some people examine and, and, and try to make it fit, and then other people just let it go. And lets it just totally defeat and dis- destroy them. To the point where they just shrivel up and do nothing. Now, this can be applied spiritually, and we may have to apply it physically in the days to come, understanding the weapons of war. The devil uses it, and so does our enemies, as we just read about tonight. It's been a tool throughout the centuries. Somebody, who was it? I think it might have been a tabletop discussion with, with Brother Kurtman. He was talking about, yeah, he was talking about uh, the Stockholm Syndrome. And that's a psychological event that took place where these bank robbers went in and it's a short period of time. Now, they abused their captors, but then there was times in that period of time that they had them captive that they actually did something nice for them. And when it was all said and done, the captors would not, would not speak against the, the criminals because of the, the, least, the little things that it did in their minds. Patty Hearst was an example of that. Had kidnapped and coerced to do some things with that group that kidnapped her because even though they do bad things to them, but they still do just enough. And then they put in their mind that, you know, a lot of the kidnappers, they put in their mind, they're, they're, you know, nobody, they've done for God about you and nobody's coming for you and so on and so forth. And they get that in their mind and then they give them just enough food and just to, to, to show that in their mind they think that they're, Actually, now they've been abusing them and they, they know that they kidnapped them in the first place, but somewhere along the way there's a, something that triggers over into the mind that says, oh, this is my savior. This is my, this is my, this is my, my provider. And Brother Kirkman was talking about that's the way that American people have gotten. You know, we're abused, but then they'll send out a stimulus check just enough just enough positive to help us keep from saying too much negative about them. You know, yes, this is this, but hey, last, last year they gave us how many stimulus checks? See what I'm saying? Say how that works? And there's a whole lot of people that's kind of gotten into that mindset, and they're not going to speak against all the wrong that's happening in the, 
in the, in the nation because of the few little things that they've done that benefits them. And there's a mindset that's crept in. Psychological. It's happening around us. And it'll happen here spiritually. And it's just one of the wiles the devil he uses. Again, it's not, we're, it's not people. It's not flesh and blood. It's not somebody coming in the door back there with arms putting us in cuffs yet, putting us in cuffs and leading us out and say we can't assemble here. The wiles of the devil is them little thoughts that he's done put in our, our minds. That's defeating us days after leaving camp. Just got us down. God puts in our hearts, hey, we're going to get rid of this, we're going to start doing this, we're going to do this, and then there'll be one little something and it'll be just a, it'll trigger a thought, it'll trigger a fear. And it'll keep you from doing what you purposed in your heart on Friday or Thursday or Wednesday or last week to do. And he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it when we expose his devices. And that's exactly what, um, where was it? Uh... Thought I had it written down. Uh, was it there? The devil's devices. And I know it's in there. We're not ignorant of his devices. I know that it's in another passage, and it didn't really the way that it was written, but he talks about his devices in Corinthians as well. His wiles, what he uses to attack us. And the mind is the biggest one. We need to gird it up, and that goes back to prayer this morning. We need to ask him for help because it's, it's back to our text in Ephesians. It is only through that power of his might. Look, you can't stand on your own. The flesh is weak. I'm going to go... There was an evangelist. I know he's dead now. If he goes out, I know there's people that what I've seen and how I've seen it promoted, I didn't really care for. I'll just put it that way. But there was a, an evangelist, and on his website, he had this, his, his little hat, and he actually put a, like he had a black eye, and like he was fighting the devil. And give the devil a black eye. And it was just that kind of, look, you're not fighting the devil that way. Amen. If you're going to fight the devil, it's going to be on your knees. If I'm going to fight the devil, it's going to be on my knees. All the more reason to restore that family altar, and to start praying, not only as a family and getting that relationship, but then going and having that closet and having that real personal time with the Lord. Asking for strength day by day to fight the devil, the principalities, the powers, the rulers of darkness in this world. And to understand his wiles, to understand his devices. This is one of them. The Lord gives me more, I'm sure he will, that I can bring out. But note that as you learn the truth and as I preach the truth... <laughs> We can expect more battles. 
And who was it? Uh, Brother Brunson. After Brother Babcock got done preaching, Brother Brunson pointed out that that wolves in sheep's clothing, that coming in, look, they'll slip in here. And I'm not saying every visitor, everybody's like, you know, <laughs> just to be total, but I'm just saying, laying hands on, suddenly on no man, be friendly, so on and so forth. They could come in, I mean, be just right, be and just sit among us and want to join with us. Or it could be on the opposite side. They could actually be standing on cross road protesting us. But expect something. Right. Expect more of an attack as we uncover and as we expose the devil and his devices. As we talk about the weapons of our warfare and we become strong in our warfare, hopefully, then expect more of a war. Expect more of a wrestle. Expect more of a fight. But I want you to, I want you to, I want you to stand and resist because that's, and pray and go back to the word this morning. Know your word because that's what's going to fight. That's what's going to uh, be able to, yeah. Defend us against the devil and his attack. All right. That's my thoughts tonight. It's been kind of a little scattered, but. Our minds. Pray the Lord to give us peace of mind that passeth all understanding. Only He can do it. The power is through Him. And we just need to depend upon Him for that power to overcome. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you and praise you, Lord, for the Word of God. And Lord, I confess to you my failure listening to the devil and listening to the flesh and letting fear compound itself in my mind and my heart. Lord, we're to live by faith. We're to walk by faith. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us to do that. May the Holy Spirit of God that indwells us, lead us and guide us. May we be uh, submitted unto him. I ask and pray that you'll help us to get into the word of God, to gird up the loins of our mind, to bring every thought into subjection, every thought into control. And may they be the proper thoughts and the proper mindset, Lord, concerning our, our walk with thee. We ask and pray that you'll guide and direct and help us, Lord, as we go out and we face this world this week. Should move upon us, be with my dad, continue to help give grace to him. Pray that the medicines for the seizures will take effect and that you'd help him to get back and be comfortable there at the nursing home, be with Brother and Sister Hall, give grace and healing and help to them. And uh, pray that you'll just strengthen them in these days. Pray for Aunt Sue, pray for Miss Debbie, others in here who have physical afflictions, that you give grace and help to each of them. And Lord, pray for the loss that's been coming, the loss that we'd like to see come. I pray that our outreach would reach them. We pray these things in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen and amen.